Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. Today's episode is going to be different because I don't have a guest for you. It's just going to be me, and this is the first time that I'm doing a solo cast. I know I've hinted at doing these several times in the past, but today was kind of a forcing function for me to finally go ahead and do this because... COVID-19 happened. And uh, to give you guys a little bit of insight into how we produce our podcast, of course, as you would expect, I'm sure we have a process for how we do this. And what that means is we have episodes already ready to be released until about June now, I think, out until the middle of June. Um, And of course, those episodes were recorded, some of them, months ago. And it would be tone deaf, I think, to just continue to release content without acknowledging what's happening in the world that's affecting literally everyone and has dramatically changed our lives, which is this outbreak of COVID-19. And of course, this is having an impact on just about every agency. Um, whether you are a, an agency that had an office and had to send everybody home or you are already a remote agency, um, you know, this is probably impacting you because even if it's not impacting you as an agency, it's likely impacting your clients. And there's kind of two things that could possibly be going on right now. Either your clients are struggling and you're potentially losing a lot of business as an agency and having to potentially pivot or really double down on a specific service line that's still relevant or your clients are doing well and therefore you're doing really well. Um, I feel bad for anybody right now that is, for example, exclusively doing video production because obviously that would be really tough to do right now. So what I want to do is have a conversation today about some of the things specifically that you should be watching out for if you find yourself in a position where you are transitioning from having a physical like in-person on location team to more of a remote environment and more broadly some of the opportunities that I think um, exist in this current climate as COVID-19 is going on and um, I'm probably going to do one of these a one COVID-19 episode because let's be honest um, you can't talk to anybody these days without spending the first 20 minutes of that conversation discussing COVID-19 and I want this podcast to be a break 
from all of that. So I'm going to do this episode because I don't want to be tone deaf. I want to acknowledge this. I want to do a solo cast. I want to add some value. I want to help people in this situation. But I really believe that the content we produce on the podcast applies to you in every situation, including this one, because it's all with the intention of making you a more efficient and profitable business, which uh, in an economic downturn like this or in a situation where there's a lot of changes going on is going to serve you. So um with that, know that after this episode, we'll likely go back to our regular scheduled programming. And that's with the intention that you can listen to this show and maybe escape a little bit of what's going on um, and still get relevant content that's going to help you with your agency. Um, so that's the plan. So with that, I want to discuss really quickly because I don't know that I've ever really discussed this very much on the show. And some of you that have been listening for a while may not even really know that much about me. But um, I want to tell you a little bit about who I am and what I do as a consultant and speaker, as well as as the CEO of this company, Parakeeto. Um I am an agency profitability consultant. So uh, I have most of our income as a company right now because our software is so early um, is from consulting revenue and from speaking, uh, from me going in and speaking on stages and uh, appearing on other people's podcasts and speaking in virtual events. Um, and so what I specialize in is helping agencies essentially get a handle on their basic numbers and really helping them increase their profitability uh, as a whole. So how do we basically set up the infrastructure to track the right things so that what we can measure, we can then manage and then manage those numbers in the right direction to make the business more efficient, help us inform decisions about what kind of people to hire, what kind of services to double down on, where to invest our administrative time in improving and creating processes, essentially how to make um, an agency more efficient. And with all of that, I want to discuss some of the things that I've been discussing with our clients about what to focus on in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis. And I think that there are three really particular opportunities, excuse me, I think there are three particular opportunities that exist around this situation, especially if you're in a position where you're having to make a lot of changes to the way that your team operates right now. And the first is, I believe it's an opportunity for you to increase your focus on numbers, because especially if you were used to being able to kind of walk around the office to get a sense of what was going on, now you can't, you might feel a little panicked as an agency owner, because you don't have the visibility that you used to you, you probably feel like you're flying even more blind. And if you were kind of flying blind before, it's likely a lot more um, alarming right now, or a lot easier to see, or it feels a lot um, more severe. And so having an increased uh, focus on your numbers can help you get that visibility without actually having to be physically there with your team. And so I want to discuss a little bit of that. I also want to talk about how if you are already having to transition your team into working from home, if that's not something they've done a lot before, um, then it's an opportunity to implement new changes because they're primed for changes and they're already kind of out of their element. So it's a great opportunity to reset and set some new precedent, set some new habits that are going to be really positive for your business. I want to talk about what some of those key things are. Um, and then finally, with the environment that you're in right now, being able to implement some new changes and being able to increase your focus on your numbers, it's ultimately an opportunity to make your business a lot more efficient and a lot more profitable so that if you can weather this storm, if you can get through it, you come out the other end being ready to scale much faster. So I want to dive into those things, uh, starting with the focus on the numbers. So of course, 
if you've listened to me talk in the past about this kind of stuff, you know that I am focused on kind of three key things because they're the foundation of the economic model of an agency. And those three things are your capacity, your utilization, and your average billable rate. So just a, a very quick primer on those things. Your capacity is essentially defined as the amount of time that your team could contribute towards doing billable work in any given period of time. That's generally going to be determined by how many people you have on your team or how many, um, you know, freelancers or contractors that you have access to in a given period of time, how much of that time you can expect them to actually work on stuff that gets you paid. And you can quantify it in terms of dollars using an average billable rate on the back end. But essentially, if I know I've got 10,000 hours of billable time this year that I can sell, then that's good. And it doesn't matter, again, if you sell flat rate projects, if you sell monthly retainers that are flat, or if you do time and materials, at the end of the day, you need to invest time to earn your revenue. And so it's important to know what your capacity is and, and how much revenue you could potentially earn in a given period of time. So that's capacity. Utilization is how much of that time are we actually using for things that get us paid working for clients that's pretty straightforward that is the the true definition of utilization but we'll talk about how there are a couple of different definitions of utilization that get used in the industry and how to best um, use those with your team to avoid some really bad things from happening and then the last one is average bill rate which is for every hour that my team invests working on client stuff on average, how much revenue does that bring into the business? Um, and when you have a really good handle on capacity utilization and average billable rate, it's really easy to start modeling things like what are our best clients or services? How much revenue could we potentially earn in a given period of time? You know, what kind of revenue are we looking to earn in the future? Because remember, as an agency, um, what's unique about agencies, and this is something a lot of people forget, is that the moment that you sell a project, you now have a liability. You have to earn that revenue and there's a gap there and there's a cost to earning a revenue. You have to invest time. You have to invest resources to earn that revenue. So you want to essentially shorten that latency of when you close the revenue, when like the bookings happen and when you actually earn the revenue and it becomes yours and you want to decrease the cost as much as possible. And, and that should be the objective of your operational model when it comes to delivery. So those are kind of the three numbers and average billable rate in a lot of cases can kind of interchangeably um, be switched with gross profit um, or gross margin, which for most people is going to be a little bit more challenging to track accurately depending on how your systems are set up. And that generally you're going to want to do that inside of an accounting software, but you can also do it in a spreadsheet. But to do that really accurately is usually a little bit more expensive than tracking average billable rate, which is a super simple number to track. Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. So with all of that, where should your focus be right now as an agency? Well, your focus really should be on utilization. That's probably the biggest and most important number for you to be focused on right now in an economic downturn if you're in the situation where you're losing clients. If you're in the situation where you have a massive influx of clients and you've got a lot of people coming to you, then your focus should be actually on your average bull rate and your capacity, making sure that you actually have enough people around to service the work that's coming in and making sure that you are not causing your business indigestion and actually losing out on a lot of potential cash flow and profit by taking on projects that you're not going to be able to earn efficiently. So that's where you should be focused on your average billable rate and your capacity because your utilization is going to be high because you're super busy. But if you're in a situation where you're losing clients, I'm going to speak mostly to those of you that are in that situation. 
um, then what you should really be focused on is trying to keep your utilization as high as possible. And that means essentially taking on as much work as you can and making sure that you adjust your capacity to keep your utilization high. So yes, that unfortunately means you might need to lay some people off. You might need to cut back on hours for some of the contractors that you've been working with for a while. Um, and that's a tough thing to do, but it's also in a sense an opportunity. A mentor of mine, Dan, has this great exercise that he has us do uh, in his coaching program where he basically sits us down. He sits down, you know, 150 CEOs and he says, I want you to write down everybody that's on your team and imagine that you have a blank slate and you're hiring everybody back. If you are not excited to hire somebody back on the list, you need to think really long and hard about whether or not they should still be on the team. Um, and so I'd encourage you to think about it that way. Write down the people that are on your team and think about, you know, who, who in the back of my mind do I know kind of isn't the right fit? And this is an opportunity to potentially save all the other people that you really do want to work with. Um, and help that person that might not be the perfect fit for your company, um, have an opportunity to go in and find a place somewhere else that they'll be better suited for. Um, but th that's really the, the focus if you're in the situation is utilization and capacity. Now, one of the things I want to talk about with utilization is that, of course, the pure definition of utilization is how much of our time is being used for working on clients, right? And the reason that that's kind of the hard definition of this is because of the context of how we're using it in, in modeling generally on um, kind of the operational side. That's really all that's useful to know is how much of our available time is being used <clears throat> to service clients. What does that number look like on average? How has it looked over the last period of time? Because we can use that to start looking forward and saying, okay, like it seems like the way that we have our operational process set up, we can, you know, our maximum utilization is really only about 80 or 85% because we require people to take a certain amount of time off to sit in certain internal meetings, et cetera, work on certain internal projects and so on. But what I see a lot of agencies doing is um, kind of inflating utilization to make their team feel good um, and saying, oh, well, you know, Jenny's utilization wasn't actually 40%. It was 80% because she was working on this other stuff, this internal stuff that we're not getting paid for, but she was still working. Um, and so I want to talk about why um, that's wrong. And, and I think just like we need to take a step back and think about utilization and the context of how we're sharing it with our team and talk about what's actually a useful thing to do there. Um, so number one, I think that that is not utilization. That's time tracking compliance. Um, that second number that we described, I call that kind of adjusted utilization. So it's okay to be holding your team. In fact, it's encouraged to be holding your team accountable to um, time tracking compliance. Like I want you to show me all of the time that you're investing through the week and where it's going and be honest about that. Because of course, if we hold people to a billable utilization goal, and if we do that without also holding them to a project profitability or average billable rate goal, then what tends to happen is a very bad habit, which is people start logging extra billable hours against projects that are unnecessary just to hit a billable utilization goal. And not only does that, is that just a bad habit, it's also going to actually distort your time tracking data. 
it's going to make it seem like it takes a lot longer to get things done and to earn revenue than it actually does, which of course, we really want to protect the uh, quality and the reliability of our data. So I would encourage you to, as you're transitioning to this, if you're starting to expose more numbers to your team for the first time, which if you're going to more of a remote team might be a good idea, I would not encourage you to hold people accountable to a billable utilization goal rate without also having full transparency about project profitability or at the very least average billable rate because at least those two things will counterbalance themselves. But if you just say, hey, I need you to hit 65% billable utilization um, at the end of the week, 99% of the time, if they're not able to hit that goal, it's not their fault. It's yours. You didn't give them enough work to do. You didn't provide enough clarity. Or maybe it's the project manager's fault. They didn't resource plan it properly. But it's not your team's fault that they don't have enough work to do. So instead, what I would encourage you to do as a simple kind of baseline thing is hold your team accountable to time tracking compliance. You're supposed to work 40 hours a week. I want you to track 40 hours a week, even if two of those are vacation days, put in, you know, eight hours a day for vacation. I want to know as transparently as possible, as honestly as possible, where your time is going and try to leave good notes in the time tracking system so that we have good, clean, reliable time tracking data. That is one of the most valuable resources for your agency as it relates to your visibility as a management team um, in order to make it more profitable. So if there's one thing you're going to start holding your team accountable to and that's going to help you get more visibility, again, it's time tracking compliance. Track all of your time, track your breaks. You know, it doesn't have to be super detailed. Like, you know, I took a 12 minute smoke break or, you know, I took an 18 minute break uh, to go eat lunch. Like at the end of the day, it could be an hour and a half for um, you know, breaks, lunch, uh, family stuff, I had to take my kid to the doctor, whatever. It, it can be batched that way. But what's really important is with the internal time and the billable time. We want to have as much visibility into essentially where did your time go um, so that we can make informed decisions about how to reprioritize. We can get answers to questions like why did we, you know, why did this go well? Why did this not go well? And we can make sure that people are actually aligned with what our priorities are as a business and have data to back up whether or not that's happening. So that is my Word of advice, if you're trying to kind of get your team onto utilization, do not hold them exclusively to an arbitrary billable utilization goal. That was a rant, but it's done now. So once you have clean time tracking data, how can you use it? Well, there's two things, of course, that you can do. The first is you can use it to get an understanding of where your team's time is going. And then based on that information, you can have conversations with them or perhaps your team leaders or your project managers to say, hey, our priority needs to be over here. Let's try to get more people's time working on that thing. You can also kind of really get an understanding of what are the internal projects that are important to us right now. So maybe you want to get the rest of the team uh, when they have spare capacity aligned around business development. Maybe you want to get them aligned around improving the website or publishing some case studies that are particularly relevant to the current climate of the economy. Or maybe you um, need to get the team aligned around creating a new service offering that's going to allow you to actually serve your customers in this time of need. Then um, having clear time Time tracking data allows you to understand how much bandwidth your team actually has through that and make sure that when you give that directive that you can actually track, okay, are they actually making that shift? Is their time actually moving to that when they have spare capacity? So 
That's the first thing. The second thing, very important thing, is you can use time tracking data if it's clean to get an indication of what projects are and aren't at risk, which helps you and your management team understand where to invest their time and energy. Because again, being in a remote environment, of course, if you haven't learned this already, you probably will learn it. One of the biggest um, keys to success is being very intentional about conversations because you can't just wheel your chair down to somebody's office and have a quick conversation or just call a meeting and get people on a call um, because you're dealing with other people's calendars and they're moving around. You need to be intentional. You need to schedule things. You need to have an agenda for things. And so it becomes very important to have intention around where you focus your energy as a manager or as an owner on, you know, putting out fires or preventing fires from happening. And a really simple way to do this is something called cost performance indexing. Very simple project management function in which you take a project, you take the amount of time that you're expecting for that project to take or a retainer or whatever the case might be. You take a piece of work, you take the amount of time that you're expecting for it to take, and then you compare that to the amount of time that's been invested so far, and then you give um, that project a percent complete number. So you ask whoever's leading that project to say, hey, based on where you're at today, where do you think this project is? And usually the, the easy way to do this and make it fairly accurate is you take the amount of time that's been tracked, you divide it by the amount of time that's expected. So let's say you had 400 hours tracked and you were expecting 800 hours to get the project done, then that gets you to 50%. And then it's like, okay, do we feel like we're ahead or behind that 50% mark? And they might say, ah, I think we're maybe a little bit behind that. We're at 45%. And then what we do is we essentially divide the total amount of time that we're expecting the project to take by 45%. And that gives us our, um, oh, no, sorry. We then what we do is we divide the total amount of time that we're expecting the project to take by the delta between the um, amount of time used and the percent complete, and that gives us a projection of how many hours we think it's actually going to take to get this thing done. Um, so in this case, it's going to be about a five percent increase, and then we can look at what that does to our average billable rate, and we can do this for all of our projects very quickly, and it really immediately gives us a sense of like, okay, these are the projects that look like they're at risk. And that helps us get informed as a management team on where we should going to focus, who needs our help, where we might need to, you know, make some investments and catch fires before they start burning too hot. Uh, so if you want a template that will help you do this automatically. There is one in the agency profitability toolkit, which of course I think we talk about on every episode, but I'll make sure I leave it in the show notes. Um, there's a couple of other really useful things in there as well, including an agency model that you can use to really kind of figure out what level of revenue you kind of need to hit or what level of adjusted gross income you need to hit in order to be, you know, hit your profitability goals as an agency, which might be an insightful way to understand how you might need to um, change the composition of your team at a time like this. But uh, make sure you check out that cost performance indexing sheet. It's an exercise I do with uh, all of my clients and it is very, very helpful in allowing us to catch things before they go off the rails and is probably the most important um, feedback mechanism for actually capturing opportunities for um, improving profitability, which is the last thing that I now want to talk about, which is 
in the midst of all of this, uh, you might be sending people home, like the way that your team is working is likely changing. And so they're now primed for changes. And so I think it would behoove us as leaders of organizations in a time like this to get our team involved in helping us become more efficient as a business. And so this means having regularly scheduled cadences to review the profitability of our projects, to review our project management process. Um, because we're, since we're already implementing new tools and procedures, this is an opportunity for us to ask them, hey, what's working? What's not working? Where can we improve? And get them to provide us feedback so they're bought in. And with that, we have an opportunity to start implementing things that are going to make us more efficient. So for example, if you're noticing like, hey, all of our website projects right now are going over budget, or they look like they're going to go over budget, we can surface that on our next meeting with our team, where we review project profitability and say, hey, guys, I'm curious, um, what are some of the opportunities that we have here? Why do we think this might be happening? Is it that we didn't do a great job of scoping this at the beginning? Is it that there's something unexpected that happened while we are doing this project? Is it that we're having trouble, you know, handing things off from one department to another? Is it that, you know, what is the challenge here? And from that conversation, you should get a lot of feedback that can surface that'll help you understand what do we need to do to make this kind of work more efficient, more profitable, more streamlined, easier for our team to do. And because your team is already in a state where there's a lot of things in flux, they're going to be more receptive to changes because that's they're expecting that. It's going to be a lot easier, I think, to change their habits right now than if they were already kind of stuck in their ways or doing what they've always done. So this is an opportunity. And I think the biggest thing around that, of course, is you get them involved in that conversation so that they're bought in. They're bringing ideas to the table and you're really just kind of facilitating and managing who is going to take the lead on that. Okay, what can we do to get that done? When are we going to get that done by? What kind of tools exist to help us with this, et cetera? So really look at right now as an opportunity to, number one, get a foundation for your numbers in place. And that foundation is clean time tracking data. So highly encourage you to get a time tracking tool in place if you don't have it, or if you do have one in place, really start to drive that message of guys, right now, guys and gals, everyone on the team, um, wherever you are in the world, the best way for us to have visibility into how well the business is running is for everyone to do a good job of tracking their time. So make sure that everyone's doing that. And then use that information to figure out what's going well in terms of projects, where are people, where's people's time going, and use that data to inform questions that we ask the team to get feedback on how we can improve as a business and make our processes more efficient. And it's very likely that you'll have spare capacity and you might be holding on to people that you don't want to let go of and that you can afford to hold on to that are going to be underutilized right now. And you can task them with helping implement solutions for a lot of the feedback that you might get at a time like this, having these sorts of conversations. So with that, there is uh, one last thing that I want to talk about, which is uh, some of the things that we use as a distributed team here at Parakeeto. So we, we have been a remote first company since day zero. Um, our team is scattered right now between um, Edmonton, Alberta, Moncton, Canada, um, Harlem, New York. We have uh, people in the Philippines, in Ireland, as well as in South Africa at the moment. So the team is kind of all over the place. We coordinate across multiple time zones. And there are a couple of tools that we use that are extremely important for us to be able to function in this way. 
The first is Zoom. I use Zoom every single day for many, many hours. Um, I love Zoom and I think they're doing a lot right now to make Zoom more accessible to teams that haven't used them before. Um, but of course, video conferencing, super, super key. We also use Acuity Scheduling, which is how I do all of my external scheduling. Um, you might find yourself scheduling a lot of meetings right now. And some people on the team are also using x.ai, which is um, in a virtual assistant kind of AI bot. Uh, it actually works incredibly well. So if you're looking for a better solution for scheduling meetings um, within your team or with clients, because you know, you've got to start doing more of that now, definitely check those out. For documentation and knowledge base, we're using Notion, which I'm a very big fan of. Um, so if you're looking for a better solution for that, highly encourage you check that out. And for collaboration and running meetings, especially our solution design meetings that we do for product management and for our kind of executive um, brainstorming and offsite type of work. We use Miro. We use it feverishly and I highly recommend it. Um, basically a virtual whiteboard and uh, really, really great tool. Definitely check that out. We use Google Drive. We use Harvest for time tracking. We use QuickBooks Online extensively to track where our expenses are going and track the profitability of our clients and projects. And of course, we use Parakeeto. Uh, so I'm going to naturally plug that in there. But I'm going to leave links to all of these tools down below. And wherever you're listening to this, uh, leave us a comment. And let us know what some of your favorite tools are for remote work. So with all of that, I hope that this episode was insightful. I hope you got something from it. I'm going to summarize really, really quick what we've talked about here. I think that there's an opportunity right now to increase your focus on your numbers, get a better foundation um, of data flowing through your agency. And that starts with having good, clean time tracking data. One last thing I'll say about time tracking data is probably one of the most important and most often overlooked aspects of it is that there needs to be continuity between the way that you build estimates for your projects and the way that time tracking data is actually structured inside of your time tracking tool. If those things don't match up, it makes it really hard for you to actually use your time tracking data to get insight into whether or not your expectations are getting met and whether or not your expectations are reflective of reality. And scoping, of course, is one of the most important aspects of project profitability. If we don't do a good job of scoping at the beginning, it's very hard to to make sure that uh, we protect the profitability of that project. And probably more importantly, it's very hard to make sure that we are resource planning our, you know, our resources well. And that's how we have business situations where our team is working overtime, you know, because often it's not the deadline that's going to move. It's, you know, we thought it was going to take 400 hours to get this thing done. Now it's going to take 800 hours. Well, guess what? That extra 400 hours gets squeezed into the same time frame, and your team is going to absorb that time in their evenings and weekends. And so that's probably the most important reason why we've got to make sure that there's a feedback loop between our estimates and our time tracking data. And so pay attention to that. Pay attention to the structure of your time tracking data and how easily you can connect those two things um, together. So that's number one, put an increased focus on your numbers right now. Number two, start holding your team accountable to doing a good job of tracking time. Number three, start using this opportunity to put in communication cadences with your team and get them involved in the process of making your processes and procedures tighter and finding opportunities in your business to become more efficient, finding opportunities to save on cost, finding opportunities to get things done in a more efficient way, finding opportunities to change the way that you deliver work to your clients to make it more efficient so that when you come out of this, you're going to be in a much better position and 
hopefully it's going to help you weather this storm even more. And then of course, finally, focus on utilization right now. If you're struggling with losing clients, focus on just getting as much work as you can in the door and keeping your billable utilization as high as possible. That is really the backbone of your profitability as an agency. And so that's got to be priority number one is let's just get things for our team to work on that pay us money um, because you're probably going to be in a situation where really you're just trying to get enough revenue in the door to cover the overhead. And if you're in a position um, where your clients are doing extremely well in this environment, or maybe you're offering a service that's extremely in demand right now, like PR, for example, and you've got an influx of uh, clients, then you want to have a focus on making sure you've got enough capacity to uh, service this demand and making sure that your average billable rate is not tanking um, because you've got indigestion going on in your business. So with all that, I hope this episode was helpful. Leave me a comment wherever you're listening to this. Feel free to reach out, send me an email if there's anything that I can do to serve you and to be helpful and to remind you after this kind of special edition COVID-19 solo cast, we are going to go back to, um, you know, just releasing podcast episodes as usual. And again, a lot of them have been recorded uh, at a time when this wasn't going on. And so, um, you know, I didn't want to be tone deaf and just not acknowledge this at all. But I also don't want to be um, just talking about this COVID-19 thing all the time, because that's all anybody really is talking about right now. And I want to get back to, um, you know, just good quality content that I think is still going to serve in that, uh, in this environment without necessarily taking up, uh, extra brain space that I'm sure is already way over resource when it comes to talking about COVID-19. So, um, Good luck out there, everyone. Those of you that are listening, those of you that have been listening for a while, um, good luck. I know it's going to be an interesting time. There's a lot going on. You know, I'm recording this right now on Wednesday, March 25th. And, um, you know, even just last week, the context changed. The context will probably be different on April 1st when this comes out. Um, the context continues to change very quickly. And uh, I just hope that everyone's able to take this stuff in stride and get through it and take care of their teams, take care of their business, take care of their family. And uh, with that, I want to wish everybody luck and uh, just remind you again that I'm here to help if I can be helpful. So feel free to reach out, send me an email. Let me know what's going on with you. Let me know how I can be helpful. If there's any resources that you need, we've got lots of them. And make sure you check out the Agency Profitability Toolkit. Um, it's a free download. And I think there's some things in there that could really help you think through the strategic decisions that you might need to make um, as you navigate this period of time that is uh, obviously going to be very different than what we're used to in our day to day. So with that, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I will see you on the next one. Have an amazing day. And we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.